Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. Wow. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, John, for that wonderful special. That's my story right there. I was singing and crying. It's powerful. Oh, the overwhelming love of God for me. And I know that someone is going to share that story today with you. The overwhelming love of God for him. So today we have a guest speaker. And uh, many of you know him. His name is George Carson. Does that name ring a bell? Yes. We know him. We love him. And uh, George has served this church for many years in many capacities. I think it was in 2014, 15 that you joined our church, George. 13? Wow. Where did the time go? 2013. He joined our church, and he never stopped being a faithful deacon. And recently, he's been appointed as a finance chair and been working really well with that committee as well. Today, he's going to preach, and part of that preaching part will be his testimony. A few months ago, we, uh, we talked about this, and um, uh, we plan for this day, and here is George that will share his testimony. He has experienced, in our conversation, uh, I know he has experienced the same thing that I experienced, that Lloyd experienced, you know, when God speaks to you, you know, you have to rehearse, and things pop up, you have to change, things change in your sermon, because the Word of God is living, it's like a seed that grows within you. And you're not really satisfied. You're not really out of that, I would say, intensity of the Word in you until you deliver it. That's why it's called delivering God's Word. So today, George will deliver God's Word for us. George, is your time. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a glorious, glorious Sabbath it is today. You know, the pastor just shared with you how the Lord and the Holy Spirit can move in you. I think I've done about five different renditions of this testimony. And even as early as this morning, the Spirit spoke to me and changed something again. What a wonderful God we serve. Let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to touch my mind, my heart, and my mouth 
in order to do your will today. Let my words be your words as you use me in your service today. And I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. I have chosen a title, Twice Saved, Free at Last. And for the text today, I've selected Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and verse 22. And it reads, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times, Peter asked. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. You ought to say hallelujah. Up to seven times 70, and he did not mean 490. He meant he will forgive you always. Always. What a powerful, powerful promise that is to sinners such as us. And I consider myself one of the biggest sinners that ever walked on the face of this earth. You know, back uh, some 74 years and nine months ago, life began for me. In the West End of Louisville, Back then, people used to say, that's the best end. Now, no, it's the least end. Things have changed. People have changed. Situations have changed. But when I grew up, it was beautiful, lovely. People raised one another's children. It was a true village. And we knew that if we did something wrong, in that radiance of our community, that those people had the right to discipline us. And then if they told your parents, your parents would get you when you got home too. A village raised children then. And the same thing held true going to school. The teachers that I had back in those days had taught my parents. They knew my grandfather, Reverend Stephanie Ray, powerful AME Zion minister, lived to be 104 years old, fire and brimstone pastor. You all remember those fire and brimstone pastors? Hellfire, damnation, jumping up and down in the pulpit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I grew up with. 
true spirit in the church. Fortunately for me, my parents were Christians. My sisters, had two sisters, they're older than me. I won't tell you how old. They might be listening. And I know better than to talk about a lady's age. Woo. But uh, we grew up in the church. My mother was the organist for our church. She played the piano and the organ for every choir for 63 years. My dad sang in the choir. My sisters and I, we all sang in the choirs. So I can identify with little Susie and Mikey. Every time the doors of the church open, here come the Carson children. Mama, daddy leading them in. Always in church, singing and praising the Lord. What a wonderful time that was. And then as we grew, we matured in our service for the Lord. My elder sister became the treasurer of the church for 40 years. My youngest sister became the secretary of the church for 40 years. Wow. I became a steward, a trustee, the head of the Board of Christian Education, and even went so far as to be selected as the head of Methodist men for the state of Kentucky. And the church that we were members of was the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. Now, a little history lesson for you. you know, I'm a former educator, so I have to throw in a little education once in a while. But uh, Sister Ellen White, as you well know, she joined the Methodist Church. And at that time, it was a division of, of the Wesleyan Church that John Wesley started in England. But she began as a Methodist. And it was a Methodist Episcopal Church. The Christian Methodist Episcopal Church that I was a member of was started by 41 former slaves in 1870. And those slaves had been given the opportunity of freedom and had been given the ability to start that church as a Methodist church, a division of the Wesleyan Methodist, and that's the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. And be, by being a member of that church, we followed the tenets of that church. We went to church on Sunday. Now, I never knew anything about the Sabbath. My experience was going to church on Sunday. And we thought at that time that that's what we were supposed to be doing. 
and many of my family and others, not only in the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, but many other churches still believe that Sunday is the day of worship. Now, it bothered me, and it still bothers me to this day, that all of those people prior to today that worshiped on Sundays and praised the Lord and were faithful, that they only knew and only had the light that they had received. And that was the light that I had received. But later as I became an Adventist, the Lord spoke to me and then I realized that those people won't be judged by the fact that they were worshiping on Sunday. They were worshiping at the time based upon the light that they had. And the Lord winks at that. And I like that about the Lord. Because I loved my family members and I'd hate to think that Reverend Stepney Ray lived to be 104 and preached all those years and was wrong. But he wasn't. He preached according to the light that he had. Now, I've sped up a little bit, and I, the Lord took me in that direction. So let me go back a little bit more, because you got to hear the whole story. Coming up, I went to the Louisville Independent Schools, elementary, middle, junior high school. And as I mentioned a little earlier, those teachers knew me. They knew my family. They knew everything about me. So I was in a community that loved and nurtured me. But then I graduated from high school and went to college. And that's when trouble began. But now I was on my own. I was free to do whatever I wanted to do. And when I got to college, I saw those young folk, and I mean, they were all excited just like me. And when it came time for freshman orientation, we sat there and we, we listened and we heard these people talking about what we were going to be doing and learning. We were excited, and then as soon as they finished talking, they said, hey, let's go have a party. I said, party? Okay, let's go party. And here we go. We get to our location to have this orientation party, this freshman orientation party, and somebody brings out some wine. I think they called it MD 2020 or something like that. You all, you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Way back when, that kind of stuff. 
cheap. It probably only cost 50 cents for the bottle. Cheap wine. We drank, got high, lost our senses, started doing all kind of crazy stuff. And that was just the beginning of it. That was freshman year. I had four years to go. So what did I do? I did my little studies, yes, because I knew that if I didn't, I'd flunk out and Lord have mercy. It wasn't any going back to Louisville, flunked out of college and thinking your family's going to allow you to walk through that door. That wasn't happening. So I did my studies, but I parted hard, drinking, smoking, cigarettes, then smoking marijuana. They even had a picture of me in the yearbook, sitting on the chain in front of the student union building, had on some sunglasses. Sunglasses peeped down below my eyes, and I'm sitting there on the chain, high as I could be. And they put that in the yearbook. And somebody had the nerve to say, well, look at him. Oh, he's meditating. <laughs> what no meditation. He was tore up. He was tore up. So the college life got me started sinning. But again, it was my decision to do that. I'd been raised different than that. My folk weren't doing that at home. But I was on my own. And I wanted to be like my friends and do the things that they were doing. So I got caught up into that. When college days ended, I came back to Louisville. And during that time, the Vietnam War was raging. People my age were being drafted. I got a call from the draft board. But at the time I got my call, I had already applied to the Louisville school system, and they had given me a job as a teacher. So when I went to the draft board, I was prepared to go away to war, like my other buddies who had been drafted. But they told me, said, no. We're going to give you a 4A deferment. You are going to be able to stay home because we can't find enough people with college degrees to teach. So that's how I got started teaching. Some of my buddies even had said that they weren't going even if they were drafted. Now, I'll tell you about one of them briefly. That's Cassius Clay. He grew up three blocks from me. Loud mouth, buck wild, all through the community, running around, chasing after buses, hollering about he's going to beat up somebody and he's going to be the champion and all this kind of stuff. That was Cassius Clay. But he told him, no, I'm not going. So I kind of said to myself, ooh, Cassius said he's not going. No, I'm, and they gave me a deferment, I'm not going either. So we in good shape, you know. We were happy about that. 
But there were some men that went away that were friends of mine that gave their lives for this country. And I think about them and, and the things that they had to go through. And the Lord had blessed me to not have to go there. He blessed me to have a teaching position. Back in the junior high school, where I went to school, I went to Duval Junior High School. Some of you all, I know Tony knows about Duval and some others here, but Yvonne knows about Duval. Yeah, I went to Duval, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. And here, seven years after I was a student at Duval, I was back as a teacher in Duval. Had half the faculty were teachers when I came through Duval. And here I am, just seven years removed, I'm back in that school teaching. What a feeling that was. Oh, they were all so proud. Ooh, one of our students, he's back. He's teaching. And I was teaching. Oh, I was excited. But still, when the weekend came, it was party time. And that's what everybody was doing. Joe's Palm Room. Oh, you all heard about some of you know about Joe's Palmer. You you know about uh, those little clubs and bars and things that we we got involved in and, and went to and the things that we did. But I was blessed. It continued to be blessed. And then one day my principal told me, he said, George, you know, you have potential. I think you could be an administrator. And I'd only been a teacher two years. And you think I can be an administrator? His name was John Whiting. He said, yes. I have faith in you. I believe that you could be a great principal. I thought about that, and I decided, well, I'm going to see if, if that can be. So I got my master's degree in one year, got my certification in administration that next year. <laughs> the fourth year, I was assistant principal at Duval Junior High School, 24 years old. I was an administrator, an assistant principal. Wow, my family was excited. Everybody was excited, you know. One of the youngest administrators ever hired in the state of Kentucky. Lord still blessing. What was George doing? Oh, he was administrating. He was doing his job. But when the weekend came, Oh, he's back in the club, like everybody else, drinking, partying, enjoying life. 
back in church on Sunday. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, woo! Shouting hallelujah. You know. How sad. How sad it was. I hadn't realized with all the blessings that I was receiving, in spite of my behavior and the bad choices I was making, the Lord still blessed me. So life went on. I kept doing the same thing. I kept getting blessed. So it's all good in my world. To finally, uh, in 2000, and 2000, I met a young woman after having a, a bad divorce. And she was coming out of a bad divorce. And she had been born in the Adventist church. She had a heart attack after about five years. We were married in 2002. She got sick. And uh, she hadn't been a participating Adventist. She strayed away. So she was just like me. You know, I was in the church, but I wasn't being church-like. She hadn't attended the church for years. To finally, the Spirit touched her heart. Physically, she couldn't go to church at that particular time. And she asked for an elder from the South Louisville Adventist Church to come to our home. And I know Melvin knows him, and, and Buddy knows him, Elder Mike Herf. Came to our church, every, came to our home every Sunday, every Sunday night to give her Bible study. And when he came at first, I'd go in the other room. <laughs> Why did I want to hear this? Why would I want to hear about Seventh-day Adventism. I was a CME. I was the head of Methodist men for the state of Kentucky. I was getting blessed and sinning, sinning, sinning. What did I want to hear that for? But then eventually, I started listening. I started getting involved in the Bible study. I started learning things that I had never heard of. The Sabbath truth. The state of the dead. A healthy lifestyle. The second coming of the Lord. I was amazed. I was touched. I became convicted by the Word. And when you receive that kind of conviction, you got to do something about it. 
So I, I decided I was going to go meet with my pastor in the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. And I did. And I asked my pastor, Pastor, why are we worshiping on Sunday? Now, you can imagine someone that had been in that church all their life who had always worshiped on Sunday comes to their pastor and asks that question. Why are we worshiping on Sunday? She knew something was up. She said, let's have a meeting in a few days. I said, all right. That Wednesday, I came to church, and much to my surprise, she was not there by herself. She had presiding elder from the conference there who was there to meet with me. So I asked him, I said, elder, tell me why we worship on Sunday. <laughs> well, Brother George, let me tell you. You know, Jesus was crucified on a Friday. And don't you know, he rose on Sunday. And that's why we worship on Sunday. That's why you worship on I said, is that true? I said, well, when did, when did Jesus go to church? <laughs> he, he looks at me and says, <clears throat> well, uh, I said, well, that's all right. Let me show you something. So Elder Herf had given me a copy of the Catholic Catechism. I pull out the Catholic catechism and say, Elder, you see this book? Are you familiar with the Catholic catechism? Do you know what it says in there? Look right here. It says that the Catholic church has the authority and the right to determine the day of worship. <clears throat> Let me see that. Ah, yeah, you can see it. There it is in black and white. The Catholic Church decided that years ago. Had nothing to do with when you're supposed to go to church. Jesus worshiped on the Sabbath, and it was his practice. And I've learned that now. Now, there's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me change my mind. He said, brother, you're the head of, of men for the state of Kentucky. How are you going to worship on Saturday and talk about the Sabbath? 
I said, yeah, I'll tell you how. <laughs> I'm going to walk right out this door, and this will be the last time you will see me in the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. And that's what happened. That's what happened. I walked out of there. Elder Herf studied with me for another year. I learned so much. I read about Sister Ellen White. Read Desire of Ages. Steps to Christ. Mm. Became <clears throat> more convicted. And then came to Pastor Marius in 2013 and said, Pastor, <laughs> I'm ready to join the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'll never forget that Sabbath, right up there, Pastor Murray's baptized me, brought me up out of that water. Lord, have mercy. I was on fire. And we hadn't even talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know. He didn't know a thing about it. I didn't know a thing about it, but I had felt the Spirit move in me. So, decided that I'm going to start a ministry, zip code ministry in my neighborhood, going to tell my neighbors and others about what I had learned. Bought a case of the paperback, The Great Hope. Pastor, you might remember that. Me and my wife, we started passing out the books in the neighborhood, trying to help open the eyes of people in the neighborhood, trying to share the fire that we had received. Ooh, what did we start doing that for? Satan got upset. He was losing two of his best sinners. He was angry. And for some reason, he didn't come at me, but he came at my wife. And after four years of suffering and heart transplant and amputations and struggles. She passed in 2017. And at that time, I decided that I'm going to be strong for my family and I'm going to do what I can to hold things together. And many of you helped me. Barbara and Arden. Barbara came to me and told me for as long as you need it, you can come to my home. You are invited to have Sabbath lunch. Well, I was by myself. Nobody else in my family was Seventh-day Adventist. Everybody else was going to church on Sunday. All my friends were Sunday goers. So. But they took me in and, and 
fed me and nurtured me. And when they couldn't do it, Excuse me. Lou and Sandy. Lou and Tracy, I'm sorry. Did. Richard, Linda, George and Noreen. Came to my aid. And that helped. So see, Lord, the Lord had brought me out of Babylon in 2013. Saved me. Got me a Christian family. And things were going to be all right. But remember, the title of my testimony is Twice Saved. Twice say because after two years being in a three thousand plus square foot house all by yourself, you're totally retired. So you don't have your colleagues and associations that you had before. You know, you become fresh meat for Satan. And before I knew it, I had slipped back into the same pattern. Only this time, I wasn't going to church on Sunday. I was going to church on Saturday was a seven-day Adventist. But here I was again, back in the world of sin, drinking, partying, doing things I shouldn't do. Satan had pulled the veil over my eyes again. And then one Sunday night, I'll never forget it. Before the pandemic, I was in a nightclub on Sunday night, and they were getting ready to have karaoke, and I was getting ready to sing with them. You hear me? I was getting ready to sing with them. The Holy Spirit tapped me on my shoulder. I could feel his presence all around. And he asked me, George, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you want to die like this? All of a sudden, it was as if the veil had been taken from my eyes. I could see again. I ran out of that place. 
I used to run track in high school. I'm pretty fast. I ran <laughs> out of that place, jumped in my car, broke every speed record in Jefferson County getting home, fell on my knees, begging, pleading with God, hear my prayer, O oh Lord. Forgive my transgression. And he heard my prayer. He forgave me. Gave me another chance. So I stand before you now, twice saved. Twice saved. But now, there's another portion to my testimony, and it's called Free at Last. September 2000, Pastor Morris and Pam began the Holy Spirit meetings at our church. I, I actively got involved in that. I needed that. I had never heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Even though I had felt that baptism, I never heard about it. And that second day, the second time we met, I broke down and cried and shared part of my testimony. And he did too. But now we're learning how God truly loves us. How he'll always be with you and never give up on you. No matter what you do in life. No matter how bad you feel that you are. He never gives up on you. So if you're feeling like those of you here or those of you listening, if you're feeling like you aren't going to make it, trust in the Lord. He loves you. He'll never give up on you. He never gave up on me. It took me all these years to finally get to where I am now. And during the Holy Spirit meetings, I knew that I need I couldn't I couldn't make it on my own. And I prayed, Lord, I'm lonely. I need you there. I need a companion. And the Lord sent me a wonderful Christian woman. Now we're married. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Turn my life around. I'm so happy. God's really working in our lives. I'm here to tell you, trust in God. What a wonderful God we serve. Oh, Lord, my God, when I, in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars and I hear the rolling thunder thy power through all the universe displayed then sing my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Yeah. <clears throat> 